Would you all please pray with me? Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So my sermon this evening is titled, Darkness Will Give Way to Light. And my text is John 1, 1 through 17. I'm not going to read the entire gospel text now because it's weaved into the sermon itself. Christ has been present with us since the beginning of creation. And I know that I don't have to tell any of you that because of who you are and why you are here tonight. Because to get to where you are tonight, I know that you would have already taken Introduction to the New Testament 1 and 2. And because you have already taken that course, I don't have to tell you that John begins his prologue with, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What he has come, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light to all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And it's funny, because of who you all are, I know that you've also already taken introduction to the Hebrew Bible, one and two. And because you've already taken all four of those courses, I know that you know that the beginning of Genesis, the six-day creation story, mirrors what John wrote in the beginning of his gospel. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And a wind from God swept over the waters, and then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning. That was the first day. You know, it's not always been clear within Christian communities that Jesus Christ was the Alpha and the Omega. Otherwise, John would not have thought it necessary to emphasize that Jesus was actually the Alpha at the beginning of his prologue. For us today, it seems like John is stating the obvious, but again, we know that we were not his original audience, reading this 2,000 years removed. John wants us to know that in the incarnation, in the manger, in the, in the word taking on flesh, that the light that entered into the world at the nativity is the same light that was present at the moment the universe was put into order by our Creator. John wants us to know that the light present at creation was not overcome by darkness. And John wants us to know that that very same light that was present at creation is present in the incarnation. And John also wants us to know that that light that is present at the incarnation will not give way to darkness. This is an interesting reading to be preaching on in November. 
The Revised Common Lectionary prescribes this text for one of two days, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day in year C. Those days are less than two months away. And what's interesting about John's prologue is it doesn't fit in neatly into the nativity story genre of biblical scripture. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, their nativity stories fit nicely together. So nicely together, oftentimes we just weave them all together into one reading in our minds, knowing that they are separate things. John's prologue isn't a cute children's pageant. John's prologue doesn't fit neatly onto a greeting card. The synoptics give us the light in the incarnation in a vulnerable way, full of darkness and mystery that happens as Mary and Joseph make their way to be counted. And then there's the darkness that sets in as there's no room for this baby in a conventional place for a family to stay. And then the synoptics leave us full of darkness as the family has to continue on their way post-Christmas. From that perspective, we are more familiar with the darkness of the nativity than we would care to admit. All of us, though, all of us have to encounter darkness in one way or another from a practicality standpoint in our everyday lives. Leaving class tonight, we will have to exit through those doors into the darkness. If not for the streetlights outside, we would have to be a little bit more careful navigating our way to our vehicles or walking home. A couple weeks ago, I was in Rome with my wife, and dinner there takes twice as long as it does here. And so we left the restaurant much later than we thought we would. And as we made the turn off the main street in towards our Airbnb, the streetlights stopped. Where's our Airbnb? Is it the sixth door? Is it the eighth door? Is it the twelfth door? Honey, do you remember? Well, I don't remember. Luckily for me, I have a wife who brings her cell phone with, us, with her everywhere, and she had a flashlight, and we could track it down. At night, when we lay in our beds at night and we can't sleep, we look up, we have to differentiate what the shadows are. And as adults, it's much easier to do that, but think of through the lenses of a child, how scary the darkness can be. And as I've had children, I've had to learn that the darkness in our home is probably the most scary our home ever is. Making the journey from the bedroom to the bathroom in the middle of the night becomes more treacherous every day because of my son and what he leaves on the floor. Lately, it's been Legos. But we all deal with darkness in a different way. And we have to because since the beginning we read that there has always been darkness and there has always been light. Darkness and light, not the other way around. Another darkness we experience today is is the darkness in the Gospels. The synoptics specifically that we often overlook on evenings like Christmas Eve and on days like Christmas Day. The darkness of boots stomping on the ground after orders have been given for an army to move from town to town. The darkness of doors being knocked on and kicked in. The darkness caused by the sound of metal on metal as swords are pulled from their sheaths. The darkness of the chaotic orders being shouted in the middle of the night. Darkness 
caused by fathers being pushed to the side, in darkness because mothers are gasping, in darkness because babies are being taken from their families. This is the darkness that we are more familiar with. And that is the darkness that John is contrasting with the light in his prologue. We are more familiar with the darkness because we too understand refugees walking on a dirt road from city to city trying to find safety. Darkness because of doors being knocked on and kicked in in the dead of night as search warrants and arrest warrants are served to people disproportionately misidentified as perpetrators of crime because they fit a certain mold. Darkness because of the sounds of war blaring on our TVs while we listen to them from the comfort of our own homes. Darkness as we hear bigotry and hate shouted in our cities under the tiki torch lit night. In darkness as we see families separated from one another as after they arrive at a place where they thought they would find sanctuary. We are more familiar with the darkness, and which is why I think Perhaps subconsciously, we find ourselves drawn to the cute nativity stories because it's a way to hide ourselves from the darkness. But my friends, darkness will win. Every time fear is chosen over hope and self-preservation chosen over love. When I was in college, I worked in the woods. I was a camp counselor, and every summer I spent my nights traveling by flashlight. But by the end of the summer, my eyes would adjust, and I would be able to navigate myself anywhere in the camp I needed to go. I knew where every bend in the trail was, and I knew where every hazard to me laid. I adjusted. I became accustomed to what was going on, and I made myself comfortable in those surroundings And I'm afraid that it has come to the point where we have become accustomed to the darkness. Darkness of refugees. Darkness of doors being knocked in for unjust warrants. We have become numb to the sounds of war and the echoing of bigotry and hatred that is shouted in our cities. And I believe that we have become exhausted by the darkness that has surrounded children being separated from their families and not yet being re united. But the funny thing about the Bible is it says so many things and it gets us excited, but then we overlook other things. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. When I read this, I first see light and I think of Christ and I get excited, but I missed the second part. Did you miss it also? The darkness did not Overcome it. The incarnation of Christ reveals to us that the light of Christ will prevail over darkness every time. We see this in the Nativity story. We see that the Magi, after visiting this, the stable and seeing the light resting in a wooden manger, instead of returning to the darkness that had sent them there, they turn and go another way, not returning to Herod. We see the light of Mary and Joseph picking up their child and fleeing during the slaughter of the innocents. But the darkness that was surrounding that event did not prevail as Mary and Joseph eventually are able to return home. 
God has seen to it that the divine light present at creation will be present throughout every darkness that we experience. Since the beginning, God has been in the business of ordering chaos. And in that ordering of chaos, the darkness does not overcome the light. In the darkness that we experience today, a refugee crisis beyond anything we could ever imagine, a criminal justice system in dire, dire need of reform, wars that have been going on since I was in high school that have no end in sight, bigotry and hatred that has crawled up from whatever hole we thought that it was hiding in. And finally, families that still are not reunited. In each of those instances, it's easy for us to let the darkness win. It's easy for us to put our hands in the air and thinking everything we've done has been done in vain to this point and there's nothing else we can do. But when we do that, we're missing out on what verse 5 of John's prologue says. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. In the darkness each of us experiences, there is a light that shines. That light is the grace and love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it is present to us always. The light will always give way to the darkness. Thanks be to God. Amen.